Thank God for being in church. Amen. If, if you came to church at, at 945, 10.45, 11.45, 12.45, wouldn't be but three hours out of one day. And we can't even give him three hours out of one day. God have mercy. Woo, boy, I feel like, I feel something crawling up my leg right now. Amen. Luke chapter number 11, verse number 33. Look what the Bible says. Everybody found your place? How many of y'all, how many of you got a King James Bible? Say amen. All right, chapter 11 of the book of Luke, verse 33. One verse, y'all stay with me. I'm interested in one word, but I want you to look at this verse. No man... When he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. That word there, see, means to observe in such a manner you can hear it, feel it, and see it. Father, we love you today. We pray, God, you'd help me to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. Help me to mind you, Lord. Get me out of the way. And I pray, God, you'd help me to do everything you'd have me to do and nothing else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All God's people say. If the Lord would help me for a little while this morning, I want to preach on this thought. God is fire. And God wants his people to be on fire. How you say, preacher, I don't know about it. Ain't nothing wrong with saying God is fire. Matter of fact, the Bible says God is a consuming fire. When he comes in, he don't just get a little dab. He consumes you. We we have the mystery as born-again believers of the burning bush. We are on fire, amen, and our, that bush was not consumed. Every bit of the bush was on fire, but it, it was not annihilated. When God steps on the scene, he will set your life on fire. He'll still see it's Brother Shane Jackson. Amen, it won't burn you up, burn you out. But he will consume every bit of you without consuming you. Did y'all get a hold of that? God is a clarifying fire. He said, what are you saying? I'm saying everywhere the fire was, God was. Fire over the tabernacle, God there. Solomon prayed, amen, fire fell, God there. Elijah prayed on the mountain, fire fell, God there. Acts chapter number two, amen, that crowd, uh, I believe it's 110 people up in the upper room praying, amen, Acts chapter two, noise heard, wind blew, thank God, fire showed up, fire there, God there. Y'all with me? It's a clarifying, let you know when God's in the house or not, amen. It's a clearing fire. You ever been in a farm around farmers? Sometimes they'll burn from one end to another. That's a control clearing fire. Burns out the ticks, burns out the bugs, burns out the weeds. And when it comes back, some, I'm just gonna tell you right now, if, if God, if God, well, if you'd let go and let God have his way, he'd burn some stuff out of your life. He'd clear some things up in your life. He'd consume things in your life. Amen. Now, now you say, say, preacher, you carrying this thing too far? Well, look what the Bible says in Luke chapter number 11 and verse number 33. The Bible says, when he hath lighted a candle. That word there, lighteth, it lighted, it means to set on fire. It means particularly to fasten a fire to a thing. It means to kindle it, to start it and set it and then fasten it. When you got saved, God kindled a fire and set you on fire. He fastened the fire to your life. It's up to us. Amen. Only God can start the fire. Only God can initiate the fire. Only God can kindle the fire. But when God, he wants us to have that fire fueled. He wants that fire Kindle. Some of us have got some embers in there and we need the Holy Ghost to poke us a little bit to get the fire going back again. Amen. Now let me just take you back to the Old Testament. Let's think about that candelabra. Amen, because that, that word's tied to that light, 
to that fire to being set on fire, fire applied to it. Go back with me in your mind to the Old Testament tabernacle and we think about that candelabra and its design. Y'all remember in Exodus 25, 31, it says, just by way of introduction, I'm trying to get our mind on the right page. In Exodus 25, 31, it says, Thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall it be, a candlestick be made. His shaft, his branches, his bowls, his knops, his flowers shall be of the same. And so God said, I don't want you to make shift this thing. I want you to take one piece of gold and I want you to take a hammer and I want you to beat it and I want you to make it and I want you to form it until that solid piece of gold gets made into a center candlestick. Amen. And then has three branches here and three branches there. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the only piece of that thing sit by head high. That's the only light in the tabernacle. That was the only thing that gave light in the tabernacle. Hey Amen. And that was a picture of three things at least. It was a picture of Christ. Oh, thank God. It's a picture of Christ in word and body. Amen. And in the book. Amen. Hallelujah. You take that, you take that candelabra. He said, and all the bowls that are shaped like almonds, and all the knops, amen. And all the flowers. There's four of each in the city center candlestick. That center candlestick is a picture of Christ. It's also a picture of the church because the Christ and the church, he's the head, we're the body. You can't say, hey man, y'all remember in the book of Revelation when it said Jesus is walking in the midst of them local church and it said, what's he walking in the midst of? The candlestick. Because in the, ca- the candlestick is a depictive of Christ and his church. It's also, I said, a picture of the Word of God in book. And so you got all oh, that candlestick. That's one center shaft, that candlestick. Amen. And then you got three branches. I'm glad he's the vine. We're the. I said he's the vine. We're the. Amen. That's right. The only light we get's coming from him. Amen. Amen. And that all the bowls and all the knobs and, and amen. Hallelujah. And the flowers, if you count them up, are 66. The shaft in the left's 39. These three over here are 27. That's 66. It's a picture of the hey, the word of God in body. Amen. His body was beaten with a hammer so that he could give light. Amen. The only way we got light is we're connected as branches to the candlestick. But you, hey man, and God said, I want you to design it and I want you to display it. And it's going to shine light on the table of showbread. And the table of showbread, there's 12 loaves, six right here, six right here. So thank God Christ and the church illuminate the Bible, 66 books. And without Christ and without the church, there's no illumination. God was, hey, God said the church and Christ it's to be the illumination on the word of God. When it's preached, when it's portrayed, when it's put on display in the church, in the Christian, as individuals, we are the light. Y'all with me today? God set us on fire. He's designed the candlestick to be on fire. He put it on display to be on fire, to be lit up. Are y'all with me? How do you can? Hey. hey. The duty of that candlestick had one design in its duty. Had one, one, one design in its duty. That's to give light. Amen. Everybody that came in had light. Them that ministered and them that were ministered to had light because of it. Are y'all with me? And he's, amen, that candle is a picture of the Christian. It's, amen. And God set us on fire. And he don't want us as individuals to climb up under a bush, to go hide in a storehouse. He wants us, hey man, to be putting on the candlestick of the local church and to be on fire. Are y'all with me today? 
He wants individual Christians' candles to be put on the hey, candlestick to give light, the Bible says in our text verse, to everybody that comes around. They're lit up because God fastened the fire to us. He's put us in a local church. Amen, preacher. That's right, preacher. Amen. God wants us on fire. He don't, amen. He wants us on fire as a church, as a Christian. Folks walk to church. Most time come in the doors. I'll give him three hours. Most folks give him about an hour. Hey, amen. I tell you what we ought to do. God has set us. I don't care what. Hey, I want you to be successful. I want you to have all the silver and gold that God wants you to have. I want you to have all the success in every area of life. But God has put you on fire and placed you in a local church so you show up and be a church and be on fire. And God wants his people on fire. Y'all know that's right. Amen. Amen. Y'all know the Bible said he walks in the midst of the candlestick. Amen. The, the candlestick and the three branches on each side, that's seven. Seven's the number of perfection. God's perfect way to bring light to a world. Amen. It's through himself and his people. That's the way God works. And through his local church. Y'all know I'm right. You said, Praise, I don't know. Well, there's a decline. You see, in 1 Samuel, you don't have to turn there, but you can. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, amen, or 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, And ere the lamp of God, <laughs> ere the lamp of God went out, Eli was the high priest. He was responsible for keeping. God set the, he set the candle on fire. Hey man, he put it on the, hey, hey man, the, each one of them knots, bowls, all that represents candles. Hey man, that's orifices from which fire comes out. Hey man, fire is coming out because oil is poured in. It is God, God sets it on fire, but it's up to us. He commanded the priest to keep the candlestick for the oil. That's why he said, be not drunk with wine or in its excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. He wants you to be filled. He wants your horn filled. He wants us to be, amen, as individual candles, as individual candlesticks, as, amen, portions of the local church he wants us we have a, you say preacher you're the preacher well if we're Baptists hey, we believe the Bible and the Bible said in Revelations 1 he's washed us in his own blood and made us kings what and priests as Baptists Bible believing Christians we believe in the individual priesthood of the believer it is God's will for every one of us to do our part to make sure the candle and the candlestick stays full of oil and keeps burning 24-7. Hey man, 365. God always wants it to burn. Are y'all with me today? But instead of Eli doing his job, he's lazy. Hey man, that's right. Matter of fact, I can prove it to you. There's no seat in the tabernacle. But every time you see Eli, he's sitting down. He's sitting down on God. He's sitting down on his responsibility. He's sitting down on his role. I wonder how many parents sitting down on your own. I wonder how many mamas. Don't, I'm talking to everybody in this church. Don't look around and say, I wish somebody had built I'm preaching to everybody here. I'm preaching to myself and everybody that's here. I ain't leaving nobody. I'm not preaching to church down the road. I don't pastor there. I'm talking, God put this on my heart that we're lazy and we need to work on keeping all in our lamps. Say amen. Amen. Eli's lazy. He's sitting down. I'm telling you what, he's lousy. He won't deal with sin. Yeah, that's right. He's turning people away from people getting their nose uh, turned up at things of God because Eli and Hophni, they got position. Hey, man, they got a place, but they got a problem. It's a fornicating sin problem. Yeah. By the way, I just want to bump this right here because it came up. 
it ain't right to shack up. Well, preacher, you know it's okay. You got to try the car out before you buy it. Yeah, and just be aware, honey, he's going to trade you in for a new one too later on down the road. Don't let him, yeah, man, preacher. Y'all listen to this preacher. He's supposed to marry and be married. One man and one woman. That's the way God designed it. Amen. Is everybody all right? Amen. It's preaching time up in here. There ain't no seat. Amen. And Eli got so lazy and got so lousy that the, the air, the light, the lamp of God went out. Down at, are y'all listening to me? The, the, the duty, the responsibility of the ministers and the minister too is to ensure that all is brought in and the priest pours it in. It is God wants there to be light and there to be fire. He started it and it's up to us to keep it kindled. Say amen. Amen. Now keep in mind that we're lighted in our text. No man when he lighted a candle putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. See, you know how people ain't seeing the light now? Because we, we ain't got no light. That word there means to be set on fire. A, a candlestick in the old tabernacle was fueled by fire. It wasn't a flip the switch. It meant they had to pour oil in. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Amen. And because they put, they tended it, they took care of it, it was their responsibility. Is everybody with me? Mamas and daddies, grandmas and grandpas, church members and folks who are attending church today. God wants us to be responsible. Say, preacher, how, how, how do we do it? God likes it. God is a fire and he likes his people on fire. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you what God likes. He likes fiery preaching. Say, Amen. I'm going to tell you what Oliver Bree Green said. They come ask him, said, Why, how's everybody coming to your tent meeting? How, how do you have thousands show up? He said, well, people like to watch a fire burn. He said, so I just get in my prayer closet and ask God to set me on fire and they come watch me burn. Amen. Hey, man, God help. Hey, man, God have mercy. I, I wonder some of y'all, I wonder if you'd just be honest. I, just be honest. I ain't everything I need to be. God knows I need to be more fired up than I am. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Hey, man, Brother Scott, I just wonder if, if your preacher was as fired up as you. What kind of preacher would you have? You wouldn't want to come in here. Hey, man, here's some dead preaching. Dead preaching produces dead results. God don't even like dead preaching. You say, I don't believe that. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you some Bible for it, all right? Luke chapter 24. Y'all remember that? Resurrection Sunday. Kofa sent his wife, two disciples. They hadn't seen the resurrected Lord. I'm talking about Resurrection Sunday. They defeated, they discouraged. Hey, man, they feel like their soul's been demolished. They think that all those three and a half years, or however long in those three and a half years they've been following Christ has been in vain. They're going back to the house. They're discouraged. They're demolished. They're deserting, and they're headed back. Hey, man, but what the Bible say? The Bible says in, in Luke chapter number 24, Hey, man, when they started deserting, that Jesus just walked up to them one day. <laughs> Woo! Hey, man. And the Bible says in verse 16, their eyes were holding. They could not see it was Jesus. They didn't understand it was Jesus. He asked them, why are you so sad? And he, they, they thought he was great. So they start schooling him because they don't know who he is on his own crucifixion. They don't know who it is. They're, they're talking to the risen Christ. It's resurrection Sunday and instead of just waiting on God to show up one more time to their house, they said, I'm fed up. I'm going to the house. And they deserted and they left. But hey, when you do wrong, ain't you glad Jesus does right? And he pulled up beside of them. And the Bible says he started in the Old Testament and began to preach unto them all the things concerning himself that were in the Moses, in the first 
five books of the Bible. That's why I know this bunch of crowds says, well, Old Testament preaching ain't for our day. It ain't for post-resurrection. Well, you might want to tell Jesus because that's the first message he preached after he got up. Somebody say amen. And he started preaching to you know, Moses how every one of those shadows and types were a picture of him. And then he went to the prophets. And then he went to the minor prophets. And he preached to them. But their eyes was holding. Hey, ain't you glad one day, hey, man, you'd been around church. You'd have been told about Jesus. But one day, God took the blinders off. Amen. Woo! Amen. Guess how it happened? It was through preaching. You know what happened? They got to the house. You know what the Bible says? I know God likes fire preaching because that's what he does. Amen. Jesus resurrected for him. Preaches to him from Moses all the way through the minor prophets, the major prophets. Gets to the to their house. They say, hey, come in the house with us. He prays. He breaks bread. They see his wounds in his hands and he vanishes out of their sight. And they said this when we... They said when we heard him preach, did not our heart burn within us? God likes preaching that set your woods on fire. Woo! That's exactly right. Amen. Preaching. You know what he said? He was expounding those things. You know what fiery preaching, hey man, that opens up, thank God, that melts ice cubes, hearts of sinners. You can't melt a sinner's cold heart with a snowman in the pulpit and a bunch of snowmen and women in the pews. You gotta have folks glad to be at church. Amen, preacher. Put your pity parties aside. It's church time. Hey, ain't God been good to you? You're breathing his air, standing on his earth, washed in his blood, headed to his heaven, written in his book. We ought to be excited this morning. Amen. Amen. Preaching. Here's what they said. He said, at the beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. And that's what Bible preaching is. It's expounding the book that talks about, it's preaching about Jesus. Everything in this book is somehow connected to Jesus. I say amen. It's a hymn book, H-I-M. Amen. Holy Ghost preaching. Thank God, an oil and fire. Amen, fired up preaching. Amen, the preaching of the cross is within the parent foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Bible preaching sets folks on fire. If it don't set you on fire, that's cause you're rejecting it and not receiving it. You got itching ears instead of receptive ears. You turn the preacher off before he ever reads his text. You, hey, I've seen people like this while folks are singing or reading the Bible. While folks is preaching, they're reading the Bible, reading the hymn book. They're asleep. They don't half in or half out. But I guarantee you, if you was going to make $1,000, you'd stay awake to make that $1,000. And they something more precious than money. Hey, man, it's the message of the master that he's delivered to your heart. I say hallelujah for folks that love preaching. I love preaching. Say amen right there. Here's what the Bible says. Psalm 104 verse 4. He said, I want my ministers to be a flaming fire. In the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7, he said he wants his ministers a flame of fire. Hey man. Hey man, thank God you can light other candles. Hey man, by your fire. Somebody say amen. Hey man, fire in the pulpit. Fire in the pews. God help us. Hey man, you know what preacher? Hey man, you might have good preaching. Might be fire preaching. Might be in a revival. And you feel like you ain't getting nothing. Well, it might be you so, you so deep in the mud and so waterlogged. All you can do is spit and sputter. Somebody say amen. Everyone of God's children, hey man, are not running, are not burning. Every one of God's children are not shouting the victory for being blessed. Some of them are backslid. Some of them have back, backbiting. Hey man, preacher. But the folks that come into church realizing they must have help from God, they love preaching. Amen. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. Well, it's right. Amen. 
Amen. Some are bickering, some are burdensome, some are backslidden, some are bitter, some are belligerent, but some are blessed. <laughs> and I'll tell you the ones that's blessed love preaching. I love preaching. I like for people to tell me that there's a Savior that left glory, put on himself human flesh, lived for 33 and a half years sinless, went to a no cross, hey man, placed on a hill called Calvary or Golgotha, laid down his life, no man took it from him. Hey man, there's nails put in his hands, put in his feet. Hey man, by the time they thugged that cross in the ground, from the scourging pole to the beating, to the bludgeoning, to the spit, to every bone being out of joint, he was unrecognizable on the cross, but he did it because he loved you. He did it not because of how you love him, but because he wanted to show you how much he loved you, and he died for you, and he gave up the ghost, and on the third day he got up, and he seated at the right hand, and he's coming back to get us. I like preaching. Amen. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah said, I tell you what, I'm not going to preach no more in his name. I'm going to sit down. I ain't going to say another word. But he had heartburn in there. That He had heavenly heartburn. And he said, when I saw the defaming, hey man, hey man, when I saw the doubting, when I saw the misinformation, when I saw the messed up message, when I saw the defaming of many, when I, when I heard that message, when I saw folks dying and going to hell, he said it was in my heart like a burning fire. Preaching ought to be in you and preaching ought to be heard, amen, out of you and inside of you, Amen. God wants preaching. I tell you what he wants. Fiery preaching is fearless preaching. It's faithful to scripture preaching. Amen. It's forever preaching. Amen. 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 Most preachers today, I ain't going to say it don't cross your mind, but most preachers today let the, fears, let the fear control them. They worried about numbers, worried about tithes and offerings. I mean, it bothers you when it ain't where it needs to be. It bothers you when folks have to be on a fixed income of $300 a month. Hey, man, for the time to be where it's at. That bothers you. You know folks are robbing God. You know folks are stealing. Hey, boy, that bothers But I'm going to tell you right now, Brother Lender, praise God. Hey, ain't no pocketbook. Hey, ain't no purse. I ain't never let no people. I ain't, I ain't never let my pride. I ain't going to let myself. God, help me. I'm not going to let nothing control me from preaching in this pulpit. Ain't no politician. Ain't no pansy preacher. Ain't no lizard tongue ladies. Ain't no mossy back men going to shut me up from preaching. Sin's wrong. It ain't never right to shack up. It ain't right to get. Amen, preacher. Amen. Y'all know it's right. God don't like sin. Amen. Y'all know the first church discipline that ever got done was in heaven? Amen. God made the angels and he was anointed cherub. Sin was found in his heart. God kicked him out of heaven. <laughs> and all that crowd that listened to him, he kicked out with them. Somebody preach on, preacher. Well, I don't want to take sides. You didn't say that when you was in the mess and needed me. You didn't say that when you was in the mess and you needed my family there. I feel like preaching right there. I don't I want, amen. Y'all know I'm right. It's picking side time. Preach on, preacher. Amen. I'm gonna be on God's side. Amen. Woo! Preach on, preacher. Amen. Fiery preaching run the snakes off. Fiery preaching run the wolves off. Fiery preaching run the devils off. Fiery preaching run the rats off. And fiery preaching will run off lousy leavers. I'm not saying ain't good folks. They were good people in the kingdom of God. But Absalom deceived them by sweet talking. And he and he distorted, he turned their heart against the man of God. He they Oh, Lord, I'm talking about people that have been with David and said, I'll go with you, I'll give my life for you. When that sweet-talking little devil of a son, Absalom, had got to whispering in their ears, he, I'm talking about somebody stood with his daddy, somebody that stayed with his daddy. His own son turned his back and turned the people of God till they wanted to kill David, but he never quit. Amen. He never did stop. That's a man after God's own heart. If everybody leaves, you ought to stand true and be on fire. Say amen. 
Amen. Amen. Y'all know that's right. Amen. We got a bunch of conscientious objectors. I, I, I can't stand people like that in America. I'm conscientious. Oh, so what you're saying is you want to enjoy our freedoms, but you don't want to fight for them. <laughs> Amen, preacher. That's the way it is spiritually. We want you to always be there. We want you always to show up. We like old-time religion, but if things ever get rough, I'm tapping out. I'm a conscientious objector. No, we need folks fired up that'll stand for something. Amen. Boy, I'm glad Jesus didn't have that mentality. I'm glad he jerked the teeth out of the devil at Calvary. I'm glad he didn't say, well, I was for you. But when it comes to fighting the devil, I, I, <laughs> you have your own, your own. Boy, I'm glad Jesus didn't have that. Matter of fact, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So in other words, you can't be a wimp and a warrior for Jesus. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Woo, preaching time. If you're going to be faithful, if you're going to be fighters, hey man, if you're going to be fiery, if your life's going to be fiery, if you're going to be a part of the candlestick, the Bible says you better be ready to fight. Hey man, you better stay fired up. Fired up. Hey man, you can handle anything when you got fire in your life. It'll make you bold when you got fire in your life. When you, hey man, you can serve God when you got fire in your life. Is everybody with me? I wonder how much fire you got. It's only work when somebody else is shouting. Would you even be at church if you wouldn't expect it to be here? I'm going to tell you something. God help us, Brother Scott. If they turn the lights off, amen. I'm talking about if they confiscate the doggone, if they confiscate the church bill, if we got to sell a church bill, I think we got a crowd around here that'll stay with the preaching. Somebody say amen. I'm glad we got some. I'm not saying everybody will, but I sure am glad we got some fighters. We got some folks that'll stay in the fight. Woo! I say folks that want to be fired up. How long has it been since you testified and God was on you so much that you got to shaking when you stood up? To, how long has it been? since you run the aisle, since you shouted the victory. How long has that God help us? He likes fiery preaching. Now, preaching will stir you up. It'll stir that fire, amen. Number two, God likes fiery praying. Hey, church, let's go back in your mind to that Old Testament tabernacle. Let's look at another piece of furniture. It's right there before you go in the most holy place. It's in the holy place. It's called the altar of incense. Now, Smell affects the atmosphere. Right. So, well, I don't believe that. Well, let me ask you this. When you go to a barbecue restaurant and you get, when we go to Bucky's gas station, the little, hey man, you get out in the parking lot and you can smell brisket smoking. <laughs> Woo! Guess what? It sets the atmosphere for hunger. <laughs> What's hunger got to do with it when you smell brisket? Say amen, Brother Randy. Amen. I'm talking about, hey, cologne manufacturers know that that scents set the atmosphere. And you know what? There's a lot of blood going on in this tabernacle. A lot of sacrifice going on. But you know what the Bible says? It said there's an altar of incense. That symbolizes the prayers of God's people. <laughs> amen. I just wonder what kind of smell your worship's putting out. Somebody say amen. Uh, let's just stay. Let's back up from praise. We'll get there in a minute. How, what, what's the smell of your prayer life? Is it on fire or not? Hey man, that piece of furniture, hey man, it always had to be burning, had to be a consistent fire. It produced an atmosphere of worship like the woman with the alabaster box. When she opened it up, when she was doing her trade, being a woman of the street, she'd just crack a little bit and folks would say, Oh, I smell her. Hey, man, she business must be open. But when she gets to where the Lord is, she's found a man like she never found. She said, whoop. 
up. I'm out of business. I'm dumping it all on the Lord's feet. Hey, man. And she come out of that worship and folks started smelling it. He said, no, boys. I found love at the feet of the Lord. I say glory to God. Hey, the business is closed. I'm no longer selling myself because I got sold out. Y'all look up in here. Hey, man, does anybody smell your prayer life? Is there any fire to your prayer life? You say, I don't believe that. Well, incense in the corner does no good. Incense on an altar where there's no fire does no good. For incense to work, it's got to be set on fire. And when it's set on fire, heat rises. And that... And it goes up to the nostrils of God. The prayers of God's people, hey man, it's like sweet smell and fragrance to the nostrils of God. He said this in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, not just the, the smell of a fragrant prayer life, but the smell of a fragrant prayer life, a fragrant prayer life that gets put in the feet or in the practice. He said is a sweet smelling Savior. It brings sweet satisfaction when the Lord smells our prayers going toward heaven. You know what you need to do? I can't get my prayers through. Then quit going in the prayer closet cold. You need to set your prayer life on fire. Amen. Amen. God wants you on fire. Hallelujah. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. Well, just think about it. Think about it like this. Here's what the Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16. Here's a New Testament to an Old Testament shadow. Here's a New Testament truth. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Is that what your King James Bible says? Do you know what that fervent means? It means to be set on fire. I wonder how long it's been when you got on your knees and your prayer, your prayer was set on fire. And the, amen, the incense, amen, of your worship and your prayer got filled into heaven, amen. I'll tell you what Jesus said. He said, my house ought to be called a house of prayer. In Matthew chapter 21, verse number 13, he told a crowd that was at church that he said, you've made it a den of thieves and robbers. You've come in here just selling us a bill of goods that you're okay. You're weighing this thing out wrong. You're trying to act like you're okay. You're coming to church. Because it's profitable for business. It's good for your reputation. But you ain't coming to pray. Hey, you know what that verse on the outside? Hey, man, 1 Kings 9, 3. When you come in the church, I don't even know how many of you read it. But you ought to read that every once in a while. When Here's what the verse says. And the Lord said unto them, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever. And mine eyes... Hey man, in my heart shall be there perpetually. I'm telling you, church, a, a church that gets together, a Christian that gets together, a candle that get, hey man, that's on fire, a candlestick that's on fire, that's burning side by side. It produces a spiritual aroma, that, hey man, that ushers in worship, hey amen. You say, I don't believe that. Well, even in the book of Revelation, Here's what it says. Revelation 8, 3. Another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden incense, or having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much, much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which is before the throne and the smoke of the incense which became uh, with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God and his holy and his angel's hand and the angel took the censer and he filled it with fire off the altar God wants you to have a prayer life that's on fire I know Say, preacher, my prayer life ain't on fire. Well, get it on fire. Right. You know how you get it on fire? <laughs> get in the altar. God gives the fire. Get in the altar. Say, God set my prayer life on fire. Right. I like preaching that's on fire. I like prayer that's on fire. Are y'all with me? God not only likes prayer, he likes praise on fire. Turn your Bibles. You got to see this in Psalm 103, verse 1. In Psalm 103, verse 1. He likes fire and preaching, fire and praying. Why are you turning? Let me just park right here a second. I wonder how many prayers. Now listen to me. 
how many prayers are cold and we can't figure out why God ain't answering our prayers. That's because your prayer life is weak, anemic, cold, and not on fire. Are y'all listening to me? Say, you ever been there? Oh, yes. I've been there. I've been there many times. Amen. But some of us in here don't want to get honest and get humble and ask God to help us by setting it on fire. Isaiah got so discouraged because the leader that all Israel loved, the Israel that he loved, uh, the Israel that he loved, the Israel that he preached to, the king that he loved, the king that he preached to had died. And Isaiah walks in the temple and he's all beat down. And the Lord lets him see somebody else on the throne. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And you know what happened? Hey man, what set Isaiah? I'm talking about the man of God. I'm talking about a preacher now. And I mean, God said, hey, you got a little cold out there. And he went and got some of one of them fiery coals that had been blown so tear have been saturated with blood and grabbed it and put it on his lips. Amen. Then he started preaching with fire again. We got to have preaching and praying and praising in fire, on fire, with fire. Amen. Look at Psalm 103 verse 1. Bless the Lord all my soul and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. You know what the psalmist is saying? He said everything that's in me, I want to bless the Lord. He said when I bless the Lord, when I praise the Lord, I'm going to do it all with all that's in me. I'm not just going to, I'm just not going to show up bodily. Amen. Is everybody all right? God wants you. The psalmist said, but if I'm going to do it, <laughs> oh, that sent me. I'm going to bless his holy name. He deserves, he, he deserves the right to be worshipped with all of me. He gave all of himself for me. I owe him all of my worship. Amen. He's worthy. The seraphims are crying, holy, holy, holy. One day we're all going to sing worthy as a lamb that was slain to redeem us unto God by his own blood. We're going to sing all through eternity about getting there by the blood of the lamb. Well, we ought to go ahead and get tuned up a little bit. Hey, man, and go ahead and worship with fire. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's right. All through the song. All through the psalms. He's declaring, hey, man, it ought to be with fire. Let me just read a quote for you to you. <laughs> Psalms 511, shout for joy. It says the same thing in Psalms 3211, Psalms 3527, Psalms 6513, Psalm 132, verse 9. Every one of them says, shout, hey man, for joy. Five times. Hey, so you know why we can shout for joy? By grace. That's it. Only by grace can we shout for joy. But I like what he says. He says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Psalm 47, verse number one. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hey, I'm, I'm just going to give you a little something. I don't like a lot of clapping that applauses people. But if you want to clap to God, clap to God. Let's just try that. For some of you that dignified, you can't shout. Let's just try this. Everybody take your hands. He ought to do that every once in a while for God. He ought to just clap your hands. Oh, you better shout unto God. Not just some of you. Make a joyful noise. It means to roar. It means to shake. You know what the word shout means? It actually means this. A vehement and sudden outcry. Just out of nowhere. Whoop! That's in order. Amen. Who's to do it? Oh, God's people. Amen. I tell you what Psalm 132 verse 16 says. It says shout aloud for joy. Amen. God's fire. Amen. And shout and go hand in hand. Leviticus 9 24. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed the altar and burnt the offering and the sacrifice. Which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their face. Fire and shouting go hand in hand and all God's people say it. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. Well, let me give you a New Testament truth to an Old Testament shadow. In the Old Testament, let's back out of the holy place. Let's go back out here to the beginning. That's that brazen altar. That's where the sacrifice went. Is everybody with me? 
Hey, y'all look up in here. Praise God, it's preaching time. All you kids quit playing and passing notes. Look up here at your preacher. Went, that brazen altar, every sacrifice had to be put on. No sacrifice was accepted that wasn't on fire. God help. He said, don't eat it raw. Don't water it down with water. That's what he said. He said, put it on fire. Because Psalms 13 says, we don't have to bring a sacrifice. Nobody brings bullock. Nobody brings sheep. Nobody brings total doves. Now, we offer the sacrifice of praise to God how often? Continually. That's the fruit of your lips, giving thanks to God. Well, I'm bashful. Then stand up and thank him. Put it on fire. Woo! I want to thank God for saving me. Don't say you don't holler. Amen. Open them doors and pull back them curtains. Hear you hollering at your husband. Amen. Them kids and your wife will hear whether you holler. Somebody say amen. All sacrifices were offered on the altar. Amen. God ain't interested in cold preaching. He ain't interested in cold praying. He ain't interested in cold praising. Preach on, preacher. Amen. I'll give you one more and I'll let you go. Some of you couldn't handle them three. Let me give you one more. Here's what I want to get anyway. This controls everything else. Your praying will be on fire. Your preaching will be on fire. Your praising will be on fire. If your passion is on fire. Are y'all with me? You know what he said about the church? He said in 1 Peter, he said, I want you to have fervent charity. That word charity is God-given love. God-expressed love. God in you, loving you. God loving through you outwardly. I'm telling you right now, he said, I want you to have fervent charity among yourselves. You know what? Y'all look up in your preacher. You want to know why God ain't answering some prayers? Because your passion ain't on fire. Yeah, I know. Your passion ain't on fire to God, and your passion ain't on fire to everybody in the church. He said, I want you to have fervent charity among yourselves. Some of you don't talk to other people. You mean as a devil and wicked. Y'all look up here, I said it, preacher, Shane Jackson. It's on recording. You can go back and listen to it. I, I, ain't, a, I ain't gonna be intimidated or ashamed to say it. If you can't fellowship with everybody in this church, you are out of the will of God. Well, you don't know what they did. Get over it. Jesus suffered more than any of us suffered. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Hey, man, greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. God loved you when you were enemies, reconciled you to God. He puts up with you. Now that you ain't perfect, but you're saved. Why can't we just love God? He said, don't tell me you love me when you can't. Hey, man, when you don't love man, he's made in my image. Ain't that right, Hollis? That's right, ain't it, Hollis? Hey, man, I'm going to tell you right now, old Lord Hollis, he'll love on everybody. You know what? Some of these kids love on everybody. These youngers, you know why? Because, because they wouldn't know how to keep a grudge. They got to be taught that. Preach on, preacher. Hey, man, quit teaching them that, mom and daddy. Hey, man. Woo, choose sides, go and serve God. Love the Lord. Hey, man, and forgive and forbear one another and forgive one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. Let me ask you this. Well, I just don't appreciate how they acted in my husband. I don't appreciate how they acted to, to my daughter. I don't appreciate it. I bet you God looks down from heaven and says, I know how you treated my son, but I love you so much he's going to die for you anyway. Let me ask you this. If you could point your finger at God or the son for holding a grudge ever, then I tell you what, Show me in the Bible where it's right to hold a grudge against your fellow man created in God's image. I'm not talking about the devil. He's sorry and low down. We ought to have a grudge against him. But we, we're, we're humanity. 
He died for us. We're in the same family. We're a part of the same body. It'd be like you saying, I don't like the way that hand's acting. That's what it'd be. What kind of sense does that make? You're the same body. Somebody say amen. Notice how quiet it is. It ain't going to make me quit preaching it. Amen. I'm going to preach it anyway. We're supposed to love God, and we're supposed to love God's people. Say amen. You know what the condemnation of the local church in Ephesus was? They left their first love. He, yeah, man, they didn't allow false doctrine. They didn't let false preachers. They, they went soul winning. I mean, look at that church. They got a great church. Uh, Paul planted the church. Timothy pastored the church. John the Revelator, hey man, goes to the church. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is the head mother of the church right there at the church of Ephesus. But they got cold on God. They wouldn't that they didn't love him. They just left their first love. Y'all remember what it's like when you first got saved? Man, I'm telling you, they wasn't nothing going to keep you from church. What's happened? You've left your first love. I know what's happened. Hey, man. Y'all remember what it's like. You, you know, you go to court and that girl, and you'll say real dumb things like, <laughs> sit beside Grandma. We got so much in common. Men and women ain't got a lot in common. Opposites attract. Are y'all with me? But one thing we do have in common is we submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. I can't tell where I stop and Michelle starts. When it comes to convictions, belief, and are, are, is everybody with me? That's the way it ought to be. Submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. There's a lot, I, you, but you remember, you'd send, you'd send flyers. I mean, send gifts, send gift baskets, talk on the phone, go to sleep, wake up the next morning. Uh, Good morning, honey. Now when you pass in the morning, hey, got my coffee. Y'all know I'm right. What's happened? You left your first love. That's what's happened. Amen. And folks act like that in church. Have you forgotten that he came to the mud hole? You in, pulled you out by the grace of God, washed you in his blood, put your name in the lamb buckle, bless his name. You'll be excited. God saved you. Y'all know I'm right. Amen. God help. Here's the sad thing. In spite of hearing the right preaching, people have let their passion, in spite of being around good, see, here's what people do. Well, if I was over at that church, it's a funny thing. You treat everybody else at other churches all sweet and mean as a devil to everybody here. That's wicked and backslid as a billy goat. Somebody say Amen. You ought to be to all God's people the same. That's preaching time up in here. All kind of stuff. I hope we got some, we got some food over there, Mama. We might just be staying for a while. Hey, man, I'm on my last point. It ain't but 1220. It's a good time. Somebody say, hey, man. Here's the, here's the truth, Brother Scott. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Here's what we'll do. If I was around better people, if I had a better pastor, why? You don't have to show up to hear my messages. I ain't getting nothing. You come once a week and you ain't even in the service then. And at my house, only babies get fed. Everybody else feed yourself. It's a buffet. You got to come get it. Somebody, the manna fell outside. You had to leave your tent and go get it. Preach on, preacher. Woo! I feel like I just got called to preach all over again. How do I do? Woo! I feel like I got renewed. Amen. I'm talking about God. Help me. <laughs> Woo! I'm talking about preaching. God likes preaching. 
Y'all listen to me. God wants his people on fire. He wants their prayers on fire. He wants their praise on fire. And he wants your passion to him and to believers on fire. That's the Bible. I'm going to tell you what, it's a danger. Church of Ephesus had Mary there. John there. Timothy there. Paul started the church there. Don't use people. Well, everybody didn't leave. Paul said, the one that planted the church, he tried to encourage Timothy. He knew something was coming down the road. He said, look, at first call, I didn't have nobody staying with me. The whole church left him. He said, but the Lord stood with me. And then he started mentioning one or two other ones that stayed with him. That preacher I went and preached for down there, I won't mention his name, but y'all, it's all right, this, it's long gone. About five years into pastorate at the first church he pastored, I preached revival for him down in Supply uh, a couple months ago. Here's what he said. He said, brother, I just didn't have a church split. Everybody left me. That said they'd never leave. They'd fight with me to the end. I'm talking about stayed in there, so win, did everything possible. Look, they were good people. But they started listening to the wrong person. And everybody left me. And I was preaching nobody but my family. And God let him see that church up to 125 before he left. Here, here's what I'm saying. Don't, don't blame people. Don't blame folks parting. Don't blame your pastor. And you sure can't blame the potentate. I'll tell you where the fault lies, your passion. Here, here, here's what he said. One thing I've got against you, church, you've left your first love. Does sin bother you anymore? Does souls burden you anymore? Does getting saved bless you anymore? Does worshiping the Savior make you want to bless his holy name with all that's in you anymore? If not, you probably got cold. Here's what, here's what the book says. In Revelation 2, 5, he's talking to that same church. Here's what he says. Here's what you need to do if your passion isn't where it needs to be. Y'all look up here and it's your preacher. Hey, if your passion isn't where it needs to be, here's what he told the church. Repent and do your first works or else I'll come to thee quickly and remove your candlestick. Here, here's what it's, I don't know that necessarily, brother, Childs, he's talking about removing the existence of the local church. But hear what I, I know he means this. He'll remove the illumination from the congregation if you don't go back to your first love. If you don't repent and do your first words, act like you was the day you got saved. I'm a dirty rotten, oh, hell deserving. I know I'm saved, but I'm a mess, and I need you set my love on fire. I want to fired up in my praying. I want to get fired up in my praising. And when the preacher gets fired up, I want to hang him on throw kerosene, throw diesel fuel, throw gas. Repent, I'm sorry. Do your first word, confess. Are y'all with me? And he said, if you do that, I won't remove your candlestick. Now, the ultimate end of removing the illumination is losing the congregation. But you can have a group of people Without having illumination. Lions Club, Masonic Lodge. Somebody say amen. Amen. Well, <laughs> amen. Here's what you need to do, church. You need to guard your light. See, it's a warning to our day. Those things that was written to those churches was written for our admonition. Amen. God wants us, hey, to make sure our passion is on fire. Don't let the devil rob you of fire in your passion. Stick with me right here. Everybody looking this way. Don't let Satan rob you of your passion. Don't let backslidden saints rob you of your passion. Uh, folks that tell you they're going to come and don't, 
Disobedient sinners rob you of your passion. Are y'all listening to me? Your old selfish flesh. Don't let it rob you of your passion. But don't let sin rob you of your passion. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That's Matthew 24, 12. Is everybody with me? In Matthew 24 and verse number 12, Brother Nathan, here's what the Bible says. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I want to ask y'all in 2022, is iniquity abounding? And all God's people said, iniquity, but don't let your iniquity abound. You don't have to fall in step with them. You're different than they are. Amen. Amen. Y'all know that's right. Matthew 22, 37. Jesus said, y'all catch this right here. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. God ought to have all your heart. That heart means the seat of your emotions. That means God's emotional and he wants you to be emotional. And you ought to worship him. He ought to have all of your emotions. And all God's people said, amen. That's right. That's what the book says. Matthew 22, verse 37. Y'all with me? Don't let a crying baby hinder y'all. If a crying baby messes you up, don't go to the movie theater. Somebody say amen. Y'all look up in here at your preacher. I'm telling you, the Bible says that we ought to keep our passion on fire, Brother Michael. It ought to be on fire. Our passion should be on fire. Our heart should be on fire. Not just The Bible said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. He should have all of your heart. He should have all of your mind. Amen. Y'all know I'm right. Amen. He should have all of you emotionally, your heart. He should have all of you mentally. That's your mind. Amen. You ought to be madly in love. You can't quit thinking about Jesus. If you're saved, he has all of your soul. Ain't you glad he does? But let me say this, brother and sister. The greatest commandment is loving the Lord thy God with all my heart and with all my soul with all my mind. Then it stands to reason the greatest sin is not to. Is, is that right? He said the greatest commandment. More than, y'all catch this, thou shalt not steal. Greater than thou shalt not kill. Well, I ain't no murderer. I ain't no stealer. I'm no coveter. The Bible says, if you're not loving him right, you're breaking the greatest commandment. So I'm going to tell you this. If your passion ain't on fire, your prayer won't be on fire. You won't like preaching this on fire. Your praise won't be on fire. The starting step is to step out, repent, say, God, set my passion on fire. Hey, man, God loves folks who are on fire. He wants everything in the church. He wants Christians, the candles, to be on fire. He wants, hey, man, the candlestick is to always be burning. And so everybody that comes in can get some light. We want our folks that's in darkness to have light. They ain't going to have it if you ain't on fire. Y'all know I'm right. The world wants to steal your children, confuse your children, darken your children. They want to cause chaos to your children. But fire in your praise, fire in your prayer, fire in your preaching, fire in your passion. And letting your kids see that and hear that and know that. I wonder if you'll, just, just wake up, mamas. Wake up, daddies. If your children have ever heard you cut somebody down in this church, you ought to go to them today and tell them you're sorry. Amen. Everybody all right? See how quiet it got right there? It ain't going to change me from preaching. It's the truth. Preaching's preaching. Amen. Amen. Cut my guts out and expect me just love on them the next day. You know what? I got, I got to pray. I got to pray God puts that back in me. Amen. 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 That's right. Amen. You ought to teach them, young people, young ladies, young girls, young boys, that the, fight, the most important thing is to keep praise, prayer, amen, on fire. You too busy. 
You're too busy, mamas and daddies, for your children. You're too busy every once in a while, just maybe once a week, have a little family day with your kids. You need to make time. Because what you're doing is showing them that having a fired up purse is more important. Stoking the purse is more important than stoking the passion. Is everybody okay? Well, I've got a position and it just pulls me away. You're telling them stoking the position is more important than stoking the passion. Well, I wonder what's important in your life. I don't want to ask mamas, daddies, grandmas, I'm going to ask your kids. I want to ask your grandkids. Here, here's, blows my mind. Soul winning should be what we do all the time. We should not have to have organized soul winning day to get you to a soul win. You ought to soul win at the grocery store. You ought to soul win at the Dollar General. You ought to soul win at the gas station. And if you ain't, then something's wrong with your conversation. Because somebody say amen. Well, I'm ashamed of what I got on. Well, change your wardrobe then. Amen. Is everybody okay? It, but we've come together because there has to be structure. There has to be organization. And I know some people just ain't going to do it no other time. But it's a funny thing. Nobody's got time to sow winning. Nobody's got time for prayer meeting. Barely got time to come in and, and have prayer meeting at the house of God. Barely got time to come in and have pre preaching and praise and worship. Everybody say amen. I wonder, where's your passion for the Bible? Where's your passion for the Lord? Where's your passion for souls? Where's your passion for serving God? You're not going to be right in your praying. You're not going to be right in receiving or giving preaching. You're not going to be right in praising until your passion gets right. No man light, lighted a candle put under a bushel. No man. But he said it in the local church. God wants you as candles to be in your place, giving light to them that come in the church. Well, I'm going to cause conflict. I'm going to tell you what you all do. You don't care to cause conflict when you want to go do something you want to do. If it causes conflict to go to church, you'll just cause conflict to go to church and be at the house of God. At least pleasing God. Hey, man, everything else might fall in place. And all God's people say it. Brother Jerry, Miss Bethany, come. Everybody stand, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you don't come, it's because you're mad or you think you're so good there ain't nothing you need to pray about. How about that for an invitation?